The following presentation is brought to you by KMmedia.pro. Please visit KMmedia.pro for more information. Now stay right where you are as we present. Welcome to Positive Talk Radio, evolving ideas, one conversation at a time. Great guests, dynamic stories and interviews, plus new thoughts on a wide range of topics and concepts. I hope that you'll hang with me, Kevin McDonald, my friends, and of course, you, as together we work to understand why we are all here and what we can do to make our world a better place for all of us to be happy, be kind, and live in peace together. Yep, that's Positive Talk Radio. And welcome, everybody, to Positive Talk Radio. And look at that. That's a beautiful woman sitting over there. Hair everywhere. <laughs> I know. I have the same problem. My hair is, you know, it's hard to control. It's just there. Oh, you're cute. <laughs> and, and by the way, and, and I should have asked this because I, I am known for massacring last names, but I'm going to give it a shot. Perfect. Today on the show, we get to talk to a gal by the name of Kathy Takaro. Um, hey, perfect. Okay. Uh, and Kathy is unique in a number of ways, uh, but the, 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 one of the more interesting ways that she is unique is that she's also a heavy equipment operator mm -hmm. and uh, she's been doing that for almost 10 years now. Yeah. And uh, she's one of, uh, we were talking just before the show, she's one of 12 out of a crew of 125 or so that are actually women. And is that right? 170. <laughs> oh, sorry. I didn't mean to downplay <laughs> the significance of what you've done. Uh, so it's 170 and there are 12 women, mm -hmm. but you were the third one hired out yep. of those 12 uh, mm -hmm. way back when. And uh, I'm glad to see that you did because, you know, uh, I, I drove a bus for 12 years and, and some of those jobs, even though you might not think them, they, they really have got great benefits and great, uh, uh, great pay. And in your case, you get lots and lots of time off. It's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, it is. I have the best job in the world, I think. <laughs> How did you decide? I mean, when you were a little girl growing up, and somebody said, what do you want to be when you grow up? And you said, I want to be a heavy equipment operator. <laughs> that never entered your mind, did it? No, actually, I won an award in grade three for our um, uh, a drawing competition of uh, what we wanted to be when we grew up. And I drew for uh, um, uh, November, uh, Remembrance Day in Canada is November 11th for, the, for all the veterans. And so I drew half the page was uh, sick veterans and the other half was me as a nurse. And I did accomplish that. I was a nurse for 13 years. And when I turned 42, I actually crashed and burned and I lost everything. I lost my job. I lost uh, my everything I owned. I ended up drunk and homeless on the streets and my daughter wouldn't talk to me. Oh, I was a mess. I was such a mess. So, um, yeah, there's a whole story in this. <laughs> a few stories. Apparently. Yeah. <laughs> and you're also a motivational coach. I am. And you're a speaker and a motivational speaker and stuff. And I assume that all, that all happened after your drunk days and, and, <laughs> and yeah. all of that. Yeah. So I got I to gotta ask you, as you're, as you're 42 years old, 
And yeah. I remember those days. I thought, man, I'm 42 years old. I'm old. It's, you know, I don't know what I'm going to do with myself. What is, is this all there is in life? And what am I going to do? And it's, and uh, why am I really here? And, and you ask all those questions to yourself, but what was it that decided you that uh, you weren't going to be a drunk person anymore and homeless and you were going to make something of yourself? You know, there, I, I had the reason I ended up drunk and homeless is because I had a whole lifetime of trauma and abuse that I had not addressed um, since childhood, starting from very, very small in a foster home, sexual abuse, lots of like all rapes, gang rapes, suicide attempts. Uh, I had seven and a half years of domestic violence, like extreme domestic violence. I mean, I was strangled three times. I just, I had a stalker, I had a bodyguard. It was like horrible stuff. Right. And I, I couldn't, I needed that paycheck. So instead of taking care of myself, like I should, um, it was easier for me to take care of the patients. Right. Because I always thought that, well, they have cancer, they got burns, they got, you know, multiple problems. My problems aren't that bad. So I downplayed my own issues. When in reality, that was that was a no, no, you I come, everybody listening to this, you come number one, like you are first, first and foremost, before your spouse, your kids or whoever. And but I didn't realize that. And I it took me to lose everything and end up drunk and homeless on the streets. On the seventh day of being homeless there's a man named Toothless Joe. <laughs> Kid, oh, this is gonna be a good story. So, oh yeah. So here I am. I had slashed my arm. I got like scars everywhere. I just like completely drunk, and I, I, I have my homeless picture. I found it. I had lost. Somebody had robbed. I was robbed. I, I literally had the shirt on my back. I had no identification. Like you want to talk about depressed man? Oh my god. So anyway, on the seventh day, Toothless Joe comes along. He's drunk and he goes, this is the life, you know, live it, love it. <laughs> and he slaps me on the back, like all in a, you know, cheery sort of way. But when he did that, Kevin, like, oh my God, it's, it's as if decades of depression, it just shattered. And it was the first time in my life that I saw crystal clear. And when it, I looked at him and I said, what did you just say? And I said, this is not my life. And I actually stomped my foot and I said it again. I said, this is not my life. And although I had nothing, I, I still had my mind. And I, all I did was make a decision. And that decision was I was going to do whatever it took to get away from that guy. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to start with that. <laughs> okay. So I did. I turned around. I went to the hospital. I detoxed for two weeks. I was very sick. I was a really bad alcoholic. Like, oh, my God, can't believe my liver still functions. Anyway, uh, and then I went from there to a women's. It was a long-term women's program. It was faith-based Christian. And you lived there for a year and with 25 other women. And Monday to Friday, we had treatment. So we had counseling every day. All day we were learning about boundaries codependency sexual abuse i had to take a 12-week sexual assault recovery course twice um i had to learn about forgiveness i had to learn about self-love you know anger management oh boy i had to learn about that <laughs> yeah <laughs> who knew that anger anger comes out in forms of depression eating habits drink like you know it's not necessarily you know angry it comes out in different forms anyhow fast forward i i had to do that which was the best thing I couldn't have done for myself. Honestly, just took time off of life. And I had to unlearn 40 years of being told how useless and ugly and stupid and fat and what a waste of skin and that I pollute the air. I had to get rid of all that. And then I had to discover who Kathy really was at 42 because honestly, I was so brainwashed from my entire life that I didn't know. 
Sure, I was a good functioning nurse, but that's different. So when it came to me, I honestly, I didn't know. So I had to relearn who Kathy was. But the hardest part was, is that I had to accept how freaking awesome I am. (laughs) (laughs) That damn, I rock, right? I got some kick-ass qualities. But so then, well, how do you change careers? I knew I couldn't go back to nursing because, I mean, I I, I needed a career where I, I wasn't taking care of anybody else. How do you do that? Well, I didn't know. So I had to go to a career planning workshop to figure out what I wanted to be when I grew up. <laughs> and uh, after three days of aptitude tests, personality tests, the facilitator comes back with my sheet. And in big block letters, it says heavy equipment operator. Oh, my God. I laughed so hard. I just about fell off my chair. I'm like, you've got to be joking. <laughs> I'm like, come on, man. I said, I'm 42. I don't even like equipment. I'm not mechanically inclined. I'm a woman. And it's a man's job. I said, your test is wrong, right? <laughs> so I give it back to her. That's wrong. Well, she pushes it back to me and puts one hand on her hip and says, if only you believe in yourself a little bit, Missy, you'd see the test was right. <laughs> <laughs> Missy? Goodness yeah, gracious. Give me the Missy thing, right? So she puts on this, this Les Brown motivational uh, speaker tape called It's Possible. It was just a 10-minute video. It's on YouTube. And the, the whole concept of the talk was that if you have a goal or a dream or something you want to achieve, don't don't ask yourself if you can achieve it, but ask yourself, is there a minute shred that there's a possibility that it can happen? So I started thinking, well, you know, I, I'm a good driver. I used to race cars when I was young. So I said I could drive a truck. But in my mind, I was thinking either a cement truck or I could do, you know, the, the 18 wheeler uh, tractor trailers because sure. they, they they go from Canada to U.S. I think, oh, get away from the winters, Canada, go to the States. I said, yeah, OK, I can do that. So she sent me to a, a nonprofit organization in Canada that's called Women Building Futures. And all these major corporations, company, they sponsor women to get into the non-traditional trades, such as electrician, plumbing, carpentry, uh, uh, a heavy equipment operator, journey woman, crane operator, you know, everything. So the day I walk in was the day ExxonMobil, the biggest oil and gas company in the world, happened to be there and they were sponsoring 16 women to take a 12-week heavy equipment operator course. Wow. I know. The $18,000 per woman they paid. 16. Yeah. A lot of money. So uh, there are 170 women applied. I got, I mean, I had nothing left to lose. I had no career. I had nothing. So I meant I went above and beyond to make sure I got picked and I did. So I took the 12 week course and they were only hiring 11 and I got hired. And that was nine years ago. And can, can people see us? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Okay. Look at the truck that I drive. <laughs> can you see that? Holy mackerel. That's yeah. huge. That tire's bigger than you. I know. Right. So I sit, where's I sit in this, this little cab right here. There's a little box. This is where I sit for 13 hours a day. When this box is up here, it's actually five stories high. Um, it's, I drive a house. It's two and a half stories high, uh, 3,800 square feet. The tires are 14 feet high. Um, it go, when it's fully loaded, 400 tons, it goes 50 miles an hour down the road. I mean, you better move, right? (laughs) What is that used for? 
um, um, it's, it's a mining truck. It's Caterpillar's biggest mining oh, truck. So I work okay. in an open pit mine up in Northern Canada. So we have a two week rotation, work two weeks, get two weeks off. And I get six weeks paid vacation. It's wonderful. Honestly, it's the job lottery. And like I was telling you earlier, it's men's best kept secret. <laughs> they don't want us to know. <laughs> well, I'm going to debunk that secret. I'm telling the world. <laughs> you got to try oh, Exactly. And, uh, yeah. You know, a couple things that struck me. First of all, you now you are you you were born and raised in Canada. Yep. And so, because of Canada, see, down here we operate under a slightly different format, okay. rather than taking care of each other and taking care of. Uh, th- th- there are programs that were available to you because you lived in Canada that mm-hmm. a lot of women down here are not. They're just not available to us. Okay. And and maybe I got to start one, right? That's the, that's that's my <laughs> point. Is that I I, I want I just want to use you as a poster child to say, come on, guys, there is a better way. Yeah. That we can that we can work with our people to make sure that every because you know at forty two, you were considered at that point in time a bit of a throwaway. Um, you yeah. were homeless. You were you were drinking a lot um, yeah. and stuff. And society said, well, you know, if she doesn't want to, then we're not going to. And, and, uh, but fortunately you were in a situation where you have the resources and you have the intestinal fortitude, uh, Mm. to go ahead and make those changes yourself. And so I applaud you for that. And you're also delightful. You got a wonderful sense of humor and you've got great, great energy and a great spirit about you. Ah, thank you. (laughs) Oh, uh, May 1st, which is what, three days ago. I got uh-huh. uh, 10 years sober. Yeah. But good for you. <laughs> Congratulations. Years. I know. That's, that's so, a big milestone, you know. I couldn't spend is. 10 minutes without a drink, never mind 10 years. <laughs> so, well, yeah. you, you you had a lot to uh, anesthetize when you, yeah. as, when you yeah. were growing up. I had a lot to, to get rid of. Because really, I mean, 99, there's so many people that walk around um, – with inner wounds they're just as toxic as the wounds that we see when we cut ourselves or whatever the inner wounds are almost worse because they're constantly there and it affects our decision making skills it affects our, our self-esteem it, it affects our thought process when you're carrying around all this trauma and pain and you know you have a hard time looking at people you don't feel you're good enough you're you're, you're tolerating more things because you don't feel worthy um, it, it just, it changes everything once you actually go ahead and look at that and deal with it. I mean, most people say, oh, you know, what happened in the past stays in the past, or it was a long time ago. It doesn't matter. Uh, yeah, it does matter. It does because it festers in there. It really does. In, in your, in your mind, what happened in your past is like what happened yesterday. It, 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 there isn't, you know, it's not, it's not like it was, oh, that's ancient history and stuff. Yeah. It was part of your life and it was, it, it, it makes it really tough. It is. I mean, like um, the other day I was talking about, uh, I was gang raped uh, when I was 19, getting out I'm of a so cab. Oh, it was horrible. Um, and uh, I had been drugged and raped at 18 in Miami when I was modeling uh, by a photographer and I never told anyone and it just it just really ate me up inside. And then at 19, I got I was gang raped and I never told anyone again. I, I didn't call the police. I didn't call, tell my mom. I didn't tell anybody. So I was walking around with all this inner turmoil and uh, I tried to commit suicide twice. I um, instead of what I did, I did a geographical move. And a lot of people do this. They think, okay, you know, because this happened in Montreal, I'm going to cross Canada. I'm going to go as far as I can go, and I'm going to start over. I mean, leave my problems in Montreal. 
Well, it doesn't work that way because you carry your problems with you. And sure, once I crossed Canada, I, you know, I had a beautiful, I met, met a great man. I had a daughter. We got married. You know, I went to, got my nursing degree. My, you know, I, everything happened, but I still hadn't dealt with, with that inner trauma. So the minute problems were starting to arise, so did my inner trauma. So did um, the low self-esteem. All of a sudden I started to drink, you know, I couldn't, I had zero coping skills and it's not like um, that drunken nurse at 42 happened overnight, right? It just, it's slowly little things that you're constantly doing and not believing in yourself. And because I, I, I was carrying this around, the men that I chose weren't the greatest, right? You're, you're the, or I, I could say the men that I chose while intoxicated, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's not like you make good decisions drunk. So no, no. So, well, yeah. Well, and each 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 decision was based upon the past, based yeah. upon the last decisions, and yeah. and there was a time when you didn't think that you could get out of it. I would imagine, and yeah. Uh, yeah. and stuff. So, but congratulations, you I did. Know. And yeah. and now uh, you are working, uh, and you have another job in addition to being a uh, uh, heavy equipment operator. What else are you doing? I'm an author and motivational speaker. <laughs> Is that what you're referring to? I wrote well, a book. Perhaps. I drove yes. both this. This is in five languages now. Uh, there you go. Dream big. It's in French because I'm French. Uh, it's in Spanish because I travel. I go to the, you know, southern um, South America quite a bit and the Spanish islands. It's in Portuguese for Brazil and Portugal. And now Caterpillar just translated into Hindi. So I got to go to India for a book launch. Yeah. Oh, wouldn't that be fun? I know, right? I know. That's and... a that's a good twenty hours in the air. But what the heck? It's a oh, it's good. a whole hey. it's a whole different country. I'm quite okay with that. And I also wrote a children's book. It's called The Mystical Swordsman of the Sugmad. This is I give out freely. Where are you? I give excuse me. I give this out freely um, because I don't know if you can see this. Let me. The last page. This moment here. Can you kind of see? This was in a church. Oh, yes. It was in a church in Grenada. I had I was surrounded with 138 students talking about good touch, bad touch. There's so much sexual abuse going on in those islands. It's 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 revolting. And I knew that uh, they couldn't read my book because it's just too much. Right. So I said, I got to write a, a book that they can understand something that they can because you can't change a social structure. So how do you give these these children help and give them hope? So this is a spiritual book based on my own journey. And teaching them a little bit about God and, you know, that there's there's help out there. And and hopefully so everywhere I go, the kids get a free book because it's not about the money. It's about making a difference, making a ripple worldwide that's going to uplift the communities everywhere and give them hope again. That's that's what I do. I travel when I travel. I don't stay in these fancy posh hotels. Here I am. I mean, give me an Airbnb. Bring me to the hood. I want to talk to the women in the shelters. I want to be in the community. I mean, I'm giving out school supplies. I give out toiletries. I go to prisons. I go to juvenile homes. I go to group homes. Like, you know, you name it. I'm out there. So, um, cause it's so important to me to be able, I mean, they're so poor. How can I, what kind of person would I be to even think of charging money? I mean, I can't, I like, no, I mean, I have a day job. I'm good. This isn't about that. Um, yeah. I, how, often, how often are you able to, I know you work for two weeks and you've got a couple of weeks off. And so how often do you go about, uh, doing, doing motivational speaking and doing what you do and spending the time writing and and then going to the North Slope to go do more work. Uh, how much? I, what's your balance? How are you able? To I'm balance? busy. 
Yeah, I know. Prove it. <laughs> well, I am single, so it's like I can. Uh, no, I. Um, well, since COVID hit, before COVID, I would go almost three times a year to you know uh, different countries and just try and do what I do, right? But um, now, since COVID hit, I've been now that it's re- releasing a little bit. Um, I, I've been doing a lot of zoom meetings. I've been doing a lot of conferences. I connected with a school in uh, Colombia, and actually I just got an email this week. I sent them 13 of my Spanish books to a high school because I do classes with them with a translator and they got my books. It took it three months, but they got it, but I'm really happy. So I was really impressed because the principal sent me an email saying they're going to do an outline, a curriculum based on my, on personal development, based on my book. Isn't that incredible? Like I, I can't believe it. I'm like, wow. So oh, sure you can because you know <laughs> you dream big. You even wrote a book about <laughs> yeah. dreaming big. I know, right? So, um, yeah. So now that the world's opening up, that's why I moved to LA. Now I so I live in LA, but I fly to work uh, every two weeks. I I moved here because I made a screenplay for my book, and I want to get it turned into a feature film eventually, so that uh you know it'll even reach more people. Because who doesn't love a true story, especially a, su- a successful one, right? Oh, absolutely. Right. So, so where, when you were 42 and t- Toothless Joe slapped you on the back, did you have any earthly idea that you would accomplish what you've done in the last 10 years? Oh, my God. No, I talk about that all the time. I say, you know, standing there with Toothless Joe, you there's no way you could have ever convinced me that just around the corner there's miracles waiting it, had anybody told me when i'm standing there with him on that corner drunk that uh, that two because um this picture here uh the cover of my book you can't see it it was my first day on site i hadn't even been on the truck yet and you can't see it but i'm actually crying because i'm thinking about toothless joe thinking oh my god two years ago here i am drunk and homeless and now i'm standing you know, beside this monster of a house to, to, to learn to operate it. Like it, it couldn't fathom, like I couldn't get it. So no, I, I, I if someone would have told me that, I would have said, you're drunk, get out, like get off the sidewalk. Are you <laughs> kidding me? Like, no way. But the miracles are so incredible. And not to mention, um, it was three years ago, I bought my own house uh, with my own money, a $30,000 deposit that with my money, every red cent. And I'm saying, I had the realtor as I'm opening the key. I'm said, if only toothless Joe could see me now. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. Because it was so surreal. Um, it, it, Oh, I went to Tibet. Uh, and I filmed a little, I was at uh, Mount Everest base camp and I filmed the video just for toothless Joe saying, ha, if only toothless Joe could see me now here, I want to show you something. This is on my phone. Can you see this? This is my homeless picture. Yes. What? That's That's you? In 2011. Yeah, that's me. Oh, my goodness. You have changed somewhat. I know, right? Isn't that unbelievable? Yeah. Yes, indeed. And exactly 10 years to the day of that picture. Look at this one. Oops. I was on the cover (laughs) of a magazine. Right? Go figure. Another miracle. The cover. So, So what do you attribute all of that success and all of that change too. Oh my God. You know what? It's mindset. I, I, I wanted a new life so bad that I had to let go of the absolute, I let go of everything completely. And I re changed my mind. Like I, I had to believe in the person that I wanted to become and not 
not my past mistakes and not, you know, everything that was, I was told, like I said, I had to relearn who Kathy was. Um, you know, a lot of times when you, you, you think if you're, if you're in such a dark place mentally, and I know people who suffer from depression will think about this, will, will understand that a lot of times when you think, you know, you've been buried because you got so much pain and so much hardships and you just don't know where to go. You haven't, you're not buried, you know, actually you've been planted because if you think about it, like I'm a gardener and I use this analogy all the time. When, when you plant seeds, sure, it's dark, but a little water and, and love and then the seed just grows. Well, you got to start somewhere. So it doesn't matter your age. I'll give you, oh, here's another example. My mother, she's got three years sober. She's 77. It took her that long to quit drinking, but she did, right? It doesn't matter your age. It doesn't matter your circumstances. What matters is you, your mindset, your decision, like this is enough, right? Nobody, you don't have to go as far as I did, man. When they say people hit rock bottom, I found the root cellar of rock bottom, okay? <laughs> you don't need to go there. <laughs> you just, you, you don't need to go there at all. Um, what you I do make- know is that happiness starts with you. It doesn't start with your family. It doesn't start with your job. It doesn't start with your finances. Uh, it doesn't start with your kids or what, what, how much money you got in the bank or what car you drive. It starts with you and where, what you are going to accept. And, you know, you, the biggest thing that I can tell anybody is that sometimes that happiness, in order to really find it, letting you got to let go because some, when you hang on to stuff, it's going to do way more damage than it is to just to let go. And okay, you know what? I'm going to start over. I'm going to figure this out and really dig deep, you know, and not and, be superficial about it. Right. So, and to be honest with yourself, yeah, that's hard for yeah. sure. You have to, is it, is it, is it easy? No. Are you going to cry? Yeah, man. I cried enough tears for freaking Niagara falls. Like, you know, it's just crazy, but it, it's got to come out. You know, and well, I can tell you this, Kathy. Uh, by the way, uh, what's your website that we can reference for people oh. to go to? Uh, my name it's uh, Kathy Takaro.com. for the uh, T U C C, I know I'm, I'm I actually I'm just in the middle of uh, redesigning my whole uh brand and it's going to be designerminer.net. <laughs> because I'm a designer minor and I'm creating an <laughs> online course called The Seven Keys to Designing Your Life After Trauma. So oh, congratulations. That's yeah. awesome. I, you know, I, I, for one, am really glad that one of the things that you failed miserably at, well, I don't know how miserably you failed at it, but, <laughs> but uh, when you, when you failed at suicide, because oh. you, you have added so much to the world and, uh, and you're not done yet. You're just getting started. Oh, you're right. You're right. But you know, I, I it's not, I got to attribute this to something, whether you believe in God or not. Um, I would not be here. I would not be alive if I did not have my faith in God. Um, throughout my entire journey, I have had help. I've had assistance. I've had angels. I still think Toothless Joe was an angel, honestly. I, don't I, doubt it. I, don't I went doubt looking it. for that guy. I don't know how many times and I never saw him again. <laughs> Pretty sure he was an angel, you know, just put on my path to, hey, smarten up woman, right? <laughs> that slap on the back. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> you know, it's, I've had many dreams, many very powerful spiritual moments that have almost lit up the path to show me that, hey, there's a lot more out there waiting for you. If only you'd believe that there's something, you know, you have to move. You have to have blind faith that you're not just here for, for you know, to sit here and watch TV and useless TV shows, right? 
like the minute I quit drinking, the minute I had my job, um, I said, okay, I should be dead 10 times over. And that's a fact. I really should. I mean, I've been strangled three times to the point of losing consciousness. I lived with a shovel on my porch as a reminder of what I was going to be buried with. I had a, a, a bodyguard who was actually uh, committed murders. Like just, it, it was really horrible, my situation. And when I finally got it together and I realized, okay, this is clearly, I was going to say a second chance, but more like 10, it's like my 10th chance. I'm not going to waste it. So that's when I decided to start giving back to the communities. I, I use all the time that I have to uplift anybody that, that needs it, anybody that's surrounding me. Right. I right on the back here. You can't see. But on my wall, I, I got a, a, a poster that says, you know, God left you on, per, uh, on earth for a purpose. Do it. And so that's what I aim to do in everything that I do. I oh, I now have a radio show. Yay! Who the thunk? <laughs> Okay. I can't believe it. Let's <laughs> talk about your radio awful. show. What are you doing with that? Uh, well, it's a radio show on TNC Live Radio. Uh, it's called Women Road Warriors. We interview mostly uh, like people for trucker for the the trucking community all across the U.S. and Canada, and people in the trades. Um, we just started in October, and we've already been nominated the the top forty in uh, podcast women podcasts in, in the U.S. So we're doing good. <laughs> Um, congratulations you're doing awesome yeah again if only toothless joe could see me now right (laughs) (laughs) well it you know it it seems like these days anything that you touch it turns to gold but (laughs) you know what's interesting about that is that there are people that are that would look at you now and they would say, oh, yeah, well, you know, she probably had it easy and, uh, and, and, and her life was, you know, oh, but but yeah. and by the way, I want to make a distinction between spiritual and religious because yeah. you're, you're more spiritual about 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 rather than the dogma of of the of the stuff you're you believe, as I do, that there is a supreme being, there is a mm-hmm. God, there is a yeah. universe. They're after our best interest. They, yeah. they, everybody. It's all about love. It's all about taking care of each other. And that's what we have to strive to do every day. Yeah, 100 percent, 100 percent. And you 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 are really cool. You're you're special. You know that? <laughs> oh, that's what my daughter says. Mom, you're special. All right. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> well, that, that's a that's a great question. Now, you you had your daughters, and you were after or before you were forty two, and they must be remarkably happy about the the cataclysm. I just have the one, just the one daughter. She didn't talk to me during that time uh, that I was homeless for two years. She was pretty angry. Um, I needless to say, uh, I was a really bad alcoholic and I was in a violent situation. I was trying to do the best that I could. And I ended up sending her to her dad's and, oh, there's a lot of stuff, you know, will I win the mother of the year award? No, uh, for back then, but I redeemed myself, not by buying her things, but by helping myself, right. By that's all, that's all children want is they, they, even my, myself with my own mom and her drinking problem, all I wanted was for her to, to, to be happy enough in her mind that she didn't need to drink. So uh, so her, she, my daughter was the same. She just wanted me to be well. That's it. And so when I finally consistently showed that, you know, proved that, hey, that, that, that I'm okay now, well, now we are inseparable. Like uh, my birthday is coming up in three weeks and her and I are taking a weekend hiking trip uh, in, in the Canadian Rockies and just go yeah and going kayaking and hiking and you know it'll be it'll be good mama daughter time so and life is good for you that, that is uh, yeah. that is cool 
and yeah. and that you are giving back in in a myriad of ways. I and am. Oh, you know what I started was uh, I started a recycling work boot program. So when I started, <laughs> I know. Uh, get this: when I went with Exxon back in the day to this program, I didn't have money and I didn't have boots. Right? Boot work boots are like two hundred and fifty dollars. They're expensive. Oh, oh yeah. And you know they're steel-toed boots, and I didn't have the money. So here I have this golden opportunity. But I have this barrier stopping me from from reaching my goal. So a girl gave me boots that someone had given to her. So I, I didn't care. It's a pair of boots. It'll get me into the program, right? I'll take them. So it'll help me change my life. So once I got hired and once I got to site, I realized I, I came across there's about 300 pairs of boots that they were throwing out in the garbage because we're so far north in Canada, there's nowhere to put them. And I was shocked. I'm like, oh, my God, I know so many people that ha don't have the money that could use those boots because they're perfectly good. So I went to the to the mine manager at the time and I said, hey, construction season is coming. You know, people don't have money. They need boots. Would you mind if we just shift them, you know, to, to Edmonton? And he thought it was a great idea. And so to date, this started in 2014. I have collected over 6,000 pairs of boots and hard hats, and I deliver them to safety programs that, that provide free work tickets. Like uh, you need CPR, you need first aid, you need uh, construction safety, you know, you need all these tickets. So they provide that for free. And I come in with the, with the hard hat and the steel toed boots. That person who's struggling has an opportunity to go find work, right? It, it's amazing. 6,000 people that, that have been able to, you know, help themselves. So that's, that's, that's a big that's thing. <clears throat> that again, you, you're <laughs> everything that you're doing, you're doing for others, which is doing yeah. for yourself yeah. because we are, we are very close. You know, we're all one and, and you mm -hmm. can help other people. You're helping yourself at the same time. Yeah. Um, you, you, so what's next for you? Oh my, well, I, oh, I just, <laughs> but wait, there's more. Oh, wait, yeah. <laughs> I just spent the weekend in San Diego at this uh, the showcase, it's a model and talent showcase where I met a bunch of casting directors and the top modeling agencies and who knows, right? I'm putting it out there and we'll see. My focus really is my online course because I mean, I wanna reach people worldwide and really I wanna meet the people to get my movie on the go because that is a priority. This, my movie, need, it's gonna give hope to millions of people um, worldwide and that's important because hope is priceless. It really is. I understand pain. I understand suffering. I understand struggling. And I also understand that it's, you need hope in order to get back up. Yep. I want to, I want to share a quick story if I can. Do we have time? Of course. Okay. Uh, when I had lost my nursing career and I had nothing and my daughter wasn't talking to me, I was living in this really crappy basement suite. I had no money. I had no food. I mean, I had nothing. I had no resources. I didn't realize, um, how, I didn't know how to help myself. And so I laid on the couch for three days for God to save me. I just laid there and said, okay, God, come get me. Show me the way, right? Like, just, you can have me. <laughs> Thinking that something, something would go poof and <laughs> you're fixed, right? And of course, so on the third day, um, I'm crying and I'm sobbing. I mean, I didn't eat. I didn't, like, I didn't, I, I was a mess. And so I get on my knees and I'm just sobbing. And there's a song that was playing on the TV from the Foo Fighters. It was, it was acoustics, a very slow song. And it was called Another Round. And the song was saying, can you go another round? I will follow you. And so as I'm crying and I'm just, you know, crying to God and I'm like, oh, my God. And the song, I started listening to the words, can you go another round? I will follow you. 
And I actually stopped crying for a minute and I look up, there was only one window is in the far corner. And I look up and I think, can I go another round? Like, do I have the, the physical mental strength to keep trying? Cause I'm so mentally exhausted. And I look up and even though it was pitch black, there was a ray of light that came through and it just, it hit me in the heart center. And in the middle of that light, there were stars. They were, they were blue, yellow, purple, uh, green, and, and they were just spinning like this. And it went from the, the top and it hit me in the heart center. And I'm looking at this and the song is playing. Can you go another round? I will follow you. And I'm like, oh, you'll follow me. Hey, we'll see about that. So <laughs> I get up, <laughs> I move over to the kitchen and lo and behold, the light never left my side. So then I, I that now it has my attention, right? Now I'm thinking, oh, okay. So I look at this light and I'm like, hmm. I move over to the couch and I start jumping up and down right, <laughs> to see if it would move. And the light never left my heart center. And the song is still playing. Can you go another round? I will follow you. It was in that moment that I understood that they're really, really, because I could see it with, with my own eyes. I experienced it. It wasn't a dream, right? That I knew that there was a power greater than myself that was watching over me. If only I would believe. So I went back on my knees and I surrendered. And I said, okay, God, I, I don't know what you got, but clearly there's more out there. You, you need something from me, but okay. All I said was, okay. In that moment, I hear a voice in my left ear going, Kathy, get up. I had a panic attack because my ex used to always break into my house, right? Thinking it was him. So I turn around and look, there's nobody there. The voice repeated, Kathy, get up. So I get up, turn around. And at that moment, there's a knock on the door. It was the guy who lived upstairs. He'd been gone for the weekend. And he said, hey, he said, I, I, I thought I'd come check on you. I thought, you know, I thought I didn't think you were doing okay. And when opportunity knocks, literally, you take it. So I had him uh, bring me to, to detox. And that is where I found that women's center, um, that faith-based program where I lived. So he, you see how once you're willing and ready to be able to surrender to something greater than yourself and get out of your own way, I guess you could say, and just be, allow yourself to, to believe, you know, that is when the help will come. That is when the miracles are going to start coming to you. But most of the time we stand in our own way. We're our own biggest obstacle, right? Like yep. get out of the way, get out of your way and, and just let life, let the universe help you. You know, and that's the intent of the universe. That's yeah. what they want. That's what they want to do. But oftentimes we clutter ourselves up with so much stuff that we don't get yeah. out of. Our, you're right. Get out of yeah. our own way. And that's yeah. really all you got to do. And you have achieved so much. You know, you achieved a lot in 47 years or 42 years in a bad way. And yeah. not 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 that you did it. It was a, yeah. a lot of it was done to you. Um, and then in the last 10 years, you are a remarkable human being. You know that, right? Thank you. Oh, I'm all right. <laughs> I want to know how long it takes you to walk up the stairs to get into your truck. Oh, <laughs> well, a couple minutes. It's, it's something else. Yeah. Let me show you again. Just to, I mean, think about that, right? Where is it? I, I tell you, my, and, right. hey, isn't that is, amazing? That is that is just something. Now, um, I drove a, a sixty foot bus for twelve years, mm -hmm. and one of the articulated kind that oh, bend yeah. in the middle. And uh, people said that must be really hard. And no, it's actually really easy. Is is that as intimidating as it look? Is that truck easy to drive or is it hard? Oh yeah, no, it's easy. Anybody could do it. 
<laughs> well, well don't... actually, no, because some people actually try, they get hired on and they, they don't make the cut. But no, what I, 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 I barely drive this thing anymore. Now I've moved on to uh, other equipment. Now I operate the largest grader in the world. Like it's unbelievable. Uh, it is bigger. You, you know what a grader is, right? Like the, yeah. uh, okay. Well, my grader is bigger than a 18 wheeler flat deck highway tractor trailer. When one goes by me, I'm trying to find a picture. When one goes by me in the mine, I literally, I'm down, I'm looking down at the driver going, hi, <laughs> I get such a kick out of it. I, I think it's, oh man, it's so much fun because it's, um, it, it's, it's really, really hard here. I found a picture. Okay. This is on my phone. Can you see? Oh, there. Can you see that? There. Uh, yeah, that, that thing is huge. I'm kind of standing there in front. You can't really see. There's a pickup behind there, behind here. And it, the, the blade is bigger than the pickup. <laughs> I know, right? It's huge. The blade is 24 feet long, three feet high. I got 12 uh, functions with this hand, 14 functions with this. The whole grader flips in half and you're, oh my God. And all I do all day is I, I blade the roads, but I got tires, trucks going by. Like, I'm like, please don't squish me. Please don't squish me. <laughs> <laughs> I got things to do in life. Don't squish me. <laughs> oh, I got, I got to tell you, you know, my son is a diesel mechanic that has worked with heavy equipment quite a little bit and he's, he's become quite proficient at it, but that heavy equipment is heavy. That's bigger than, than anything <laughs> that we have down here. Okay. Uh, but, yeah. It's, it's, but it's people in the trades, you know, the trades are good. And, and the, mm -hmm. the problem we have down here is a lot of kids don't want to go into the trades, but you can make a very nice living uh, oh, if you learn your yeah, stuff. Exactly. And I tell that to everybody, you know, and it doesn't matter your age. I start I started at 42. Lots of people start at 50. Age is just a number. It's what you make it. Right. That, exactly right. And and you, what are you, 43 now? Oh, you're sweet. Oh, so sweet. Yeah. I'm going to be 53. Thank you very much. That's oh, all right. You're still a kid. You've got lots of time left. You know. I, know. I got enough personality for five. <laughs> well, you know, and the thing is, is that when you when you have a talk with people and then you your story unfolds, uh, you can because and I, I truly believe this and that sometimes the experiences that we have are given to us so that when we are through them and we've learned from them, we can then impart that to other people. Because if yeah. you have experiences like you had and are the person that you are today, that means that we can all do it. Not to, not to de devalue you in any way, but mm -hmm. you, you're leading the way. But if you are, so if you're out there and you're, and you've got a guy that just, slapped you on the back and said is this alive as we're as we're with a bottle in one hand and, I know, and right? stuff, you know um um you can still get out of it and it doesn't matter where you are in life you can the biggest still thing is it. you have to change the story you're telling yourself that that's the that's bottom it. line you gotta well, change that you know and because the story you tell yourself is wrong Exactly. So if I'm telling myself that I'm no good, that I can't do it, that there's no way I could drive that truck, like, oh my God, well, guess what? I'm not going to drive it. Or if I, 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 if you already think that you can't do it, well, you're not even going to give it a shot. But if you think, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to try, I'm going to really try it. And if I fail, I fail, who cares? Failure is part of success. Right. And so you just keep trying, keep trying. Um, 
here's an example, prime example of that. Last year when I was doing an interview like this and TNC Live Radio, she she's the one who asked me, she says, Kathy, you got so much personality and oh my God, you'd make it. How about being a co-host for the show? And I'm thinking, what? You want me to be a co-host? I've never done anything like that. Like I, 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 I know nothing about interviewing people, but it's an opportunity. So I said, you bet I'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> and it, I mean, hey, right? And it turns out I'm pretty good at it. <laughs> I got enough of gift the gab. So <laughs> yes, yes, and the energy that it takes to run all of that. So you're you're doing you're yeah. doing really well. Well, congratulations. Will you can 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 uh, will you come back and we can follow oh, I'd you love and, to. I'd and love do more to. with you? Yeah, you're, you're you're an exceptional human being. <laughs> and and I like to surround myself with people that are smarter than me and by oh. God, prettier than me too. <laughs> oh, anytime you want, you just reach out to me and I'll do it when I can. So I, I understand you've got, you've got a, a, a tight <laughs> schedule as they say up North, yeah. <laughs> you know, and stuff. And, and by the way, I, I, is the screenplay in the works or has it, you've shown it to anybody? I, oh. yet? Uh, it's already done. I've done, I'm on the third draft. I just got to shorten it a little bit. Um, I did show it to two people and the both responses I got really pissed me off and they wanted to omit all the sexual trauma, all the abuse as a child. They wanted to take that all out and change the storyline. And I'm like, excuse me? Uh, nope. I don't, you, 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 that's my life. That's my story. How can you downplay what happened? Like, you know, it's not like I made this crap up. And so I decided, you know what, I'm not going to do it. I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to sell out just because I want a movie made. Right. And I'm going to find the right person to do it. And I was actually thinking, no offense to men, but I'm thinking I need to find a woman producer. I think um, you're right. But yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think that's, you're right. That's my, yeah. Do you know so, Sylvester Stallone's story? Yes, I do. Yes, I do. I read his, his uh, yeah, he's, a, that's amazing. He, he followed the same path. He could have given when he was, he was so broke and so homeless. He had to sell his dog. His, yeah. His, I remember that. Yeah. And, yeah. and because of, but he would not sacrifice his dream. He would not sell it. Somebody offered him $200,000 for it. He yeah. would not sell it until, unless he could star in it. And, uh, that was Rocky and it became a, uh, yeah. worldwide phenomenon. So don't give up yeah. your dream. Don't compromise. No, It'll happen. I, you know, I really believe that, um, <clears throat> I've already, <clears throat> excuse me. I've already made the first step by moving here to LA in December because every goal, every dream, there's a series of steps you got to take. I made the first step is making the screenplay. It's, it's done. Sure. It needs some work, but at least I got the, the outline. Um, the second step was to move here. And then, you know, the, I'm setting myself up for, for success. I can't do it from Canada, right? I got to be here. I got to be able to meet the people. So every step. The only other place that I would suggest that you uh, look into would be Vancouver. Yeah, but who wants to live there? It rains all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Not all happening. Right. I need ah. to be <laughs> Well, you're going after the big time, which is just That's awesome. right. Go big or go home, man. Dream big. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. And your website, one more time, if you please. Uh, com. Go there, and you've got an That's online right. course that you can talk about, and then yeah. you can do Designerminer.net is a, it's not finished, but it's it's in progress, so it's under construction. But you can kind of see the outline if you really want to. So, yeah. Oh, by the way, I'm a bobblehead. <laughs> <laughs> How did that happen? 
<laughs> oh, for the Caterpillar Conference. <laughs> oh. I get such a kick out of it. <laughs> you are you are something. Yeah, yeah I tell you yeah. what. So, but Kathy, thank you very much. Is there thank anything you. you'd like uh, before we go? I always like to give my my uh, the person I'm talking to a moment or two to say anything to our audience that you would like to tell tell them, the ones that are listening now or in the future, anything at all. You know, <clears throat> the biggest thing that I've learned is that the hardest prison to escape is your own mind. You have to be able to be willing to step out of your own head a little bit and look at your life from a different perspective because every new level that, that's going to come your way in your life is going to require a different version of yourself. That means you got to constantly work at, at getting better and, and expanding who you are and, and embellishing, you know, and your speed doesn't matter. Forward is forward, right? <laughs> so that's it. Don't give up. Don't quit. Anybody can reach me anytime. I will always respond. I'm Blue Star Blog on Instagram. I'm Kathy Takaro on Facebook. I respond to messages, Messenger, my on my website, kathytakaro.com. There is a contact page. I will answer, you know, if anything, even if you want to just ask for suggestions or say hi, please do. And I thank you again for thank being you. here. You are, you've made my day just a whole lot better. And that's good. I, I really appreciate that. Stay right where you are. I'll be right back. Okay. Bye. Thanks for enjoying this episode all the way to the end. Please give us a like and subscribe to this channel. This has been a production of KMmedia.pro. Please visit our website, oddly enough, named KMmedia.pro for more details about us and our mission, which is to provide great positive programming designed to inspire us all. I'm Kevin McDonald, and I'm proud of these shows, and I truly hope that you'll like them and share them with friends and family. So on behalf of our entire team, remember, be kind to each other, because each other's all we've got. We'll see you next time.